It's a Carlando 1-2 and the Red Bull streak has come to an end. It didn't rain, it's Singapore. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 329. And if you'd like to see or hear more from us in your social feed, why not give us a follow at Grid Talk UK everywhere you can find the at symbol. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks. And today I am joined by Grid Talk hosts, Owen Medford. Hello. And Tom Downey. Hello. And we're also joined by journalist Aaron Harper. Hello. And now a word from today's sponsor, which, as usual, is betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as they have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right through to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get to your betting info, including live betting options and your favourite casino and card games you can play straight from your home. Head to betonline.ag today. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome discount on your first deposit. BetOnline where the game starts. Now, who would have bet on this result today? Uh, an absolutely astonishing finish and uh, a bit of a slow burner to start, but, uh, but a crazy, crazy ending. Uh, but we're going to start really with, um, with what happened on Saturday uh, for one of the drivers anyway, uh, Aaron. We're going to go to you for, for Aston Martin to talk about their race. And Lance Stroll not even starting the race. Fernando Alonso, 15th. Just a quick ride on, on Stroll and, and obviously his condition and just what happened with Alonso today. It was not surprising to see that Lance wasn't taking part in the race today, considering the violence of his crash in Q1 on Saturday. I mean, the, the head movement was pretty severe by modern standards. I mean, the, the, the drivers are pretty well ensconced in, in the cockpits nowadays, and they're generally pretty safe. Safety's come a long way. And it did hark back to the Mika Hakkinen accident at Adelaide in 1995, which was Stroll's sort of head movement, but, you know, times it by 100. And that left him in a coma. So, you know, you, you can see just how far safety has come but still there is a lot to be learned about concussions and head injuries and I think they did the right thing and whether they pulled him out or he just wasn't in the right headspace to um, race today they did the right thing in not fielding that car and then with their their other car they had a bit of a disaster I mean it was all kind of self-induced by Alonso because he made a mistake coming into the pit lane and uh, his race kind of unraveled from there got whacked with a five second time penalty then served that penalty and the the pit stop didn't go very well so uh yeah there'll be some questions asked Aston Martin as to why that happened and at one point he even said the car was undrivable I I think there was probably a little bit of damage from when he was bouncing over the curbs entering the pit lane because he wasn't particularly quick uh once the race had resumed after the first safety car and uh he got himself stuck behind Sergio Perez and unable to make the progress that the likes of Hamilton had been able to make and Leclerc had made as well going past the Red Bulls. So it kind of just was a series of unfortunate events for Aston Martin and it left them completely pointless. And it's allowed, uh, I say allowed, it's meant that Hamilton has jumped ahead of Alonso in the Drivers' Championship, which I'm not sure Fernando will be very pleased about. He was probably looking forward to finishing third and being best of the rest behind the Red Bulls. So uh, that sort of dynamic in the in the drivers championship that's a story to look out for as the season moves forward so uh keep uh keep your eyes peeled on that space 
Yeah, undrivable. That's the first time we've heard him be say anything particularly negative about the Aston Martin team this year, and a bit of a bit of a strange one for them today. Very up and down, but a team that's been very much down and not up. Tom is Alfa Romeo at the start of this at the start of this weekend. They brought a whole host of upgrades, and the team was saying this is the upgrades the team have been waiting for. If this is what they've been waiting for, it doesn't really look good, does it? Listen, did I do something wrong in a past life to get Alfa Romeo two days on the bounce? Because <laughs> today they did absolutely nothing to write home about. You know, Joe Box on what like lap six, seven odd went went to the hards. Um, Bottas was last of the of, of of the runners to finish. You know, Russell even put it in the barriers and still finished ahead of him. Um, so you know, I'm just like I, I'm trying not not to be negative, but. I don't know what else to say about them. It's like, you, you know, they've, um, they, they've, they've just, they've just, they bring nothing to the table. You know, yesterday, you know, I'm going to talk about the different analogy today. You know, yesterday I described them as, as that plain Tesco's meal deal. Today, if they were, today's analogy for Alfa Romeo is going to be, if they were a Domino's pizza, they'd be a, they'd be an eight inch margarita with no stuffed crust and no dip. That's what they would be with a bottle of water so you know it's just you know i i, I don't know what else to say because you're just waiting for the Audi money you now i might as well get that tattooed on my forehead by this point because i say it so much it's just like you know they're just they're just so uninspiring they're so dull and i'm trying not to be negative it's not going very well um and and they're just you know they, they just bring they bring nothing to the table and for a team that's so steeped in history you know and such as how and all the iterations it's had through the years you know they've had some brilliant highs but at the minute they're going through a real low and they you know they they, they need to get to grips with that car i mean i know singapore's a difficult circuit you know as, as other teams have that this weekend um but you know it's just like you know come on just Give us something. Give us a glimmer of hope. Well, I love an eight-inch margarita pizza if you want to put a positive spin on it. So uh, that's that's my take on Alfa Romeo there. So, oh, and then we get a, a slightly, still a bit of a bad day for Williams, but uh, um, it, we didn't expect them to go very well. But then, you know, Sergeant kind of caused the, uh, caused the race to burst into life on lap 20 when he decided he was going to have an argument with the barrier. And, uh, and Albon had a bit of a set two with Perez as well, but still no points for Williams. I know they weren't expecting a lot, but would they be disappointed given how the race panned out? I mean, I think they will be. I don't think it was a particularly obvious, like they've sort of been brought back down to earth. It wasn't, um, it's, it's not a circuit that would suit the characteristics of their car, really. It's a, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit too slow. Um, um, I think, you know, obviously, uh, Sergeant putting it in the barrier, that was self-inflicted. Um, obviously, like, you know, he, he didn't have the worst uh, effect of that because obviously it brought out the safety car, which is, uh, you know, and obviously stayed in the race. Um I think for Albon, I think I, I, I think it's un, he, he was unlucky to be honest because he came up against a wild Perez, and um, I've only I've, unfortunately I've only been able to see the uh, the the Albon uh, side of it, but it does look like uh, it does look like Albon, uh, sorry Perez throws it up the inside, and there's no way he's getting round. But unfortunately, that was that that kind of ruined Albon's race and dropped him out of the points, which is a shame because he was doing quite well up until that point. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen what he can done uh, could have done. Sorry, obviously Sergeant, you know, once he was sort of uh once he was dropped back apparently he had floor damage as well from what ted could uh, ted kravitz could see so um i think it's probably a bit a, a bit of uh, sorry a bit of a handful to drive if i get my words out um yeah it's it's it, it's an okay weekend for them but um obviously not they've got to be disappointed because they, they had chances of points there and and they were kind of stolen from them but 
Um, I don't think they made things easy for themselves either. No, it was a bit of a bit of an up and down day, as as I said before, for them. And uh, but as I say I, I don't think they'll be they'll be too disappointed. But it shows how well how far they've come when they're disappointed with a P11. That was normally kind of the best they could have hoped for at the start of the season. But uh, moving on to Haas, um, Aaron, a slightly more relevant day for them than normal. Fair play, they had both cars in the points at various spells in the race they had spells on camera where they were fighting with cars magnuson made a mistake to lose a few places but the late change to softs meant that he was able to recover to 10th so um a a relevant race for them for once and, and at least gaining a point to into their uh, amazing tally of points they've got this year it was kind of the perfect race for uh Haas in terms of the pace at the front meant that the Haas cars couldn't ruin their tires so they were just sort of there just off the back of Verstappen on his difficult day. And uh, yeah, for them to come away with a point is positive, but they've finished behind an Alpha Tauri being driven by a chap who's only in his third race. So it, yeah, there was a few errors in there. I think they could have maybe executed the race a little bit better. Um, Magnussen had his little adventure, which he lost what, five or six positions all at once. So the drivers need to take a little bit of blame for you know, the, the poor execution of certain weekends. And they, they kind of got away with it in that Russell and Ocon and Alonso all ran into issues who were all set to be in the points at various points of the race. I mean, Russell was even on to potentially win the race. So that tells you sort of what they're clutching out there. But a point's a point. That's important for them. And uh, I think they just need to look at making sure they, they have clean races towards the end of the season and pick up any spare pieces that are left on the table by the top teams. And to be to be fair and to their credit, they did that today. They got P10. Yeah, that's a really good point about the race pace and and how it's so slow and how you know that means that Haas could potentially keep their tyres in the window. So, yeah, really, really solid point there. And they are two points ahead of Alfa Romeo in the championship. And Alfa Romeo do not like they look like they're going to score anytime soon. You watch them get a podium in Japan, though I've said that. So moving on then to the Alpha Tori team then, Tom. Uh, we're talking about them fifth in this podcast, which is, you know, it's right in the middle. And, and they've got they've got a couple of points in there from Liam Lawson today. Uh, a bad race overall for, for Sonoda uh, out very, very early on. Um, but say Lawson kept his nose clean and, and, and uh, may have lost a few places at the start, but um, really good showing from him. Yeah, so Sonoda DNF'd on lap one. Uh, I think he had contact with Perez because Perez had an uh, end plate damage. Um, and he, Sonoda had a rear punch and it was curtains for him from that point on. I do wonder, and I'm just speculating, I do wonder if uh, um, Yuki was carrying some form of issue anyway because he's, he, he exited Q2 without even setting a lap. So I wonder if there was something more at play. I don't know. No, I'm just, just speculating by this point. Um, but yeah, Liam Lawson, blinking neck. You know, I, I he was always decent in F2. You know, never never one of those ones who absolutely set it alight, but he was always good, you know, you know, he was always like, consistent. And he's coming to F1, you know, by chance, basically, you know, just you know, just with a just with the almost stroke of luck. And he's doing bits in that Alpha Tower. You know, he, he only just missed out on points in Monza. Um, you know, he, he he had a good race in Zambor, aside from that 10-second penalty, you know, at the start of the race. Um, and then to come to Singapore, you know, which is one of the most demanding circuits on the calendar, you know, because the track layout, the weather, you know, all that stuff. To get two points in a race in that AlphaTauri, which is one of, if not the worst cars on the grid, um, 
yeah, I mean, bravo. And, you know, he's the only driver for Alpha AlphaTauri this year to score more than one point in a race. Yuki's got three points, but he's had three template uh, finishes, and obviously Ricardo and DeVries didn't score any points. Um, this is the first time AlphaTauri have had a driver finish higher than, P, higher than P10 this season. And it's just like, you know, he's... Um, He's going to be causing a headache for for the, for the Red Bull hierarchy because you've got to look at the two other seats um, in AlphaTauri. You've got to look at you know Danny Rick. You know, is he going to be there next season? You know, is he just a short term fix whilst they realise how they messed up uh, Nick DeVries? Do they get rid of Yuki because he's been there three years? Yeah, and then you have to look at other drivers who are coming through F two. You know, do they go for a completely new lineup? Because we're we're just you know we're speculating about one seat. You used to say the both seats might not be replaced, and and Lawson doing this well could be the catalyst for that decision happening. I you know I don't know, but I am really impressed with Liam Lawson. Honestly, you know I I said after um uh, after Monza that you know let's get to Singapore and let's see what he does. I said the same about the Reese last year, and for a good reason because Singapore is so difficult and so taxing on a driver. And as the F1 TV commentators were saying this weekend as well, it's pretty much dispelling this whole um, oh you know rookie drivers you know you know go easy on them. Lawson's in his third race; it's only a second full race weekend, and he scored he scored P nine in Singapore. You know, so you know, you yes, he was a bit, you're a bit fortunate. Obviously, you know, Russell fell down the order, you know, so that promoted him from P10. But he was in P10 on merit. He got into Q3 on merit, and it, it's just like you know, he knocked out Max in 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 Q2. You know, as we all saw yesterday. So yeah, give the last some credit. You know, the last time there there was there was a there was a Kiwi in that um in that Toro Rosso Alpha Tauri. Didn't go too well, did it? Um, but you know, you know this. That's Brendan Hartley, in case any, anybody's not sure. But you know, th- this this time round, yeah, you know, Liam Lawson, you know, he he deserves that seat. And I think when Danny Rick's hand is fully healed, I do think Alfatari will put Danny Rick back in that seat. But Liam Lawson has done a really good job to stake his claim over three races. This is the important thing: over three races at three very different kind of circuits. He's, he's done really well to stake his claim for a full-time race seat for next year. And I think he's more than earned it. Yeah, absolutely. Fully, fully echo that completely. And, uh, and yeah, he's not going to get the rest of the season. I think they've already said that, but all he can do is shine in the races that he's in and treat it as a bonus. And he's given them a really big headache to think about. So well done, Liam Lawson on a great performance there. And moving on to, to Alpine then, Owen, they, I mean, disappointing in the end for Ocon, but he had a great battle with Alonso and with Perez and and Gasly was getting stuck in as well. But again, they were only really looking at potentially, you know, sixth, sixth, seventh place for the finishes there. But a bit of a step forward, I think, from what we've seen in the past few weeks from Alpine. Oh, massive. Um, unfortunately, it's come down to the, you know, that they've been, their Achilles heel is now the reliability, which is not great. Um, you know, that that that's, that's the only thing, but like, you have to look at sort of where where they started and and where they could have ended up. You know that could have been a solid double points finish um, for Alpine, which is something they sorely need, uh, particularly in the constructors. Um, and it's just unfortunate that they've not got it. I mean, it it's not it wasn't going to be life changing. They are a bit in, a bit in moment, no man's land. Um, but I think they did an amazing, an absolutely amazing job um, up until that point. They were they were doing great. They were you know that <laughs> basically they were they were unlike Alpine normally are. Um, you know, obviously we had Ocon going off, which which wasn't great. Um, it spice up the racing a little bit though, so I'll take that. Um, you know, and Gasly, it was a little bit anonymous, but um, 
he didn't throw it in the barrier. Um, you know, they, they, and and he got sixth place. Sixth place, which is from where he started, is pretty good. Like he started twelfth on the grid, and he's uh, and uh, you know to come through the field and get up to sixth at a place where obviously it's hard to overtake. Um, you know, he was he was aided a little bit by various different things, but you know it's still difficult. Um, yeah, it's, I think like I say, it's just a shame that when we're not looking at a you know a sixth and a seventh place for them. Um, it's it's sort of one of those things where you you go and you're wondering what might have been. Yeah, I think that's uh, that should be the uh, that should be translated into Latin and put around their badge as as the Alpine motto. <laughs> Just wonder what could have been, but there we go. That that's Alpine. They're 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 moving forwards a little bit at least. Anyway, it's not spectacular, but it's okay. So uh, moving on to George Russell, then Aaron, I'm going to talk about him on his own because he had a great race. He he did pretty much the entire race distance, bar a few corners. But then, yeah, he was pushing on the aggressive strategy and pushing for a more aggressive strategy. Like, just please, just let me do the opposite of science. And uh, he did that. But then in the end, just slightly too aggressive on that last lap. Yeah, but I'd, I'd, I'd suggest you'd rather him do that, pushing for the win, than, you know, t- settling for third. That's a winner's mentality. Um, he's given a bit of an emotional interview to um, Sky Sports after the race. Um, part, part of me thinks that's down to... The fact that they're exhausted because Lewis Hamilton's is uh, slightly less emotional, but you can see there's emotion driving it. So you can see the effort that the, the drivers were putting in. And and George, his performance the whole weekend was fantastic. He had the edge on Hamilton. And we know exactly how good Lewis can be around the Singapore circuit. Just look back at his 2018 pole lap. Tells you everything you need to know about the bloke. And for George to be able to match Lewis at that level, in the same machinery, I think tells you a lot about his potential moving forward. I'm not going to put the the tag of future world champion on it, but there's race wins waiting for him. Once Mercedes, if Mercedes can get that car <laughs> sorted, then he's absolutely. I think that he's showing now that he is the driver to take them forward, to take the lead when Hamilton eventually calls it a day. But for now, just keep sponging off of Hamilton. How you deal with these difficult days, these bad days. You've got a driver who's been through it all next to you. Just be a sponge off of him. And his his performance today was fantastic. He wanted to drive the strategy. He wanted to go after the win. He wasn't settling for second. And like you said, he was desperate to do the opposite to Sainz. And Mercedes were always going to do that if Sainz didn't, didn't box. So he had everything he needed. It just didn't quite work out today. And I, I put in my race report article on F1 Chronicle that um, you know, you run this race another 10 times. I don't think Sainz wins all of them. And that, I think, you know, you, you probably see Russell win two or three of them at least. You know, maybe Lando Norris nicks one. Maybe even Verstappen comes through and gets one with a slightly more crazy race. But, you know, he, he did a brilliant job today and he should he should hold his head high, even though he ended it in the barriers, which isn't necessarily the place you want to finish the race. But his performance, his pace, his execution of the Grand Prix was superb. Thank you, Will Buxton there. The barrier is not where you want to finish the race. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I was um, I just being a little bit, probably a little bit mean on to him there, saying about it, you know, being too aggressive and everything. But uh, but yeah, he, he did have a stunning weekend. By far the best Mercedes all weekend. Hamilton didn't really see him at the races. Uh, we'll get on to him a little bit later. But Red Bull then, we're talking about them next, Tom. And if you just said to me halfway through the race that they were going to finish fifth and eighth, I'd have been like, well, what craziness is going to happen? And in the end, that craziness was just 
having better tyres at, at the end of the race. It was uh, obviously the right thing to do. Um, it was a really strong second half of the race for them. Yeah, so uh, Red Bull, you know, they, they obviously had a pretty dismal day yesterday by their standards yesterday, as, as we're all aware. And they started the race on hards with with the, the view to going long. Unfortunately, that first safety car, when, when Sergeant smashed his front wing up, um, that kind of hamstrung them quite a lot because it wasn't the right time to pit for any hard runners, which there was those two, and I think Bottas might have been on hards by that point. Um, but all the other drivers who were on mediums or there were a few on softs, it was perfect timing for them. And also, you know, Sainz still came out ahead of Max at the safety car restart. Excuse me, sorry. Came out of Max when he when he exited the pits under the safety car, not safety car restart. My apologies. Um, you know, it was today was always always going to be a day of damage limitation, and it was plain as day that when the safety car peeled into the pits, that those balls were struggling on those hards. I would say Max more so than Perez. I think Perez had looked after his a bit better because he was able to eke a bit more out of them. Ultimately, it was um, you know ultimately it was still. Yeah, it, it was still you know they, they were never in, really in contention for the win. I think if the safety car had come a bit later, you know, had the first round of pit stops already happened, then you know we might have seen a slightly different result. It would have benefited them, but I still don't know if they'd have had the pace to be honest. Um, you, you know, t- they finished what P five and P eight. There's a bit of an asterisk over Perez because he and Albon have got to go see the stewards. Um, Perez for a move that was never on, to be fair. That move was never, ever on into turn 13. Um, And then Perez was allegedly overtaken by Albon under the VSC. So a bit of an asterisk over his position. Um, We will will find out when when it happens. I've just had to look. There's nothing yet. Um, They're probably in the stewards arguing the toss at the moment. But yeah, you know, know, Max, you know, this this is the first time he's not finished in the top two this season, which... You know, given it's his worst result of the season, and he still finished P five. You know, all things considered, that's not horrendous. I mean, it should have been P six really had Russell not done an oopsie into whatever turn seven, wherever it was, where he clubbed the wall and you know ended his own race. But you know, you in F one, like I said before, you you dealt the you dealt the hand that 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 you played. Um, sorry, you know, you sorry, no, you play the hand that you're dealt. Let me try that one again. Um, yes, I saw when laughing then. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, and ultimately, you know, when when they came out on those mediums, the second um, you know, VSC safety car period definitely helped because it bunched them up a bit and it just saved a bit of life in those mediums, and they were they were able to make up some good places. But yeah, you know, they were on merit; they were never in contention for the win today. And I think anybody who says they were. Come on, be real. I'm a Red Bull fan, but you know they just didn't have the pace. They they were outpaced and outclassed by by Mercedes, by Ferrari, and by McLaren. Um, and you know that's it. You know, as George Russell would say, facts. Yep. No, it's uh, they kind of they maximised what they could have done with the car that they produced on the day, and uh, that it's kind of like it's what they did very well when they weren't winning races. They optimised the races very well but uh they're just not the not the pace this weekend and it's harping back to the mercedes dominant era where every year we come to singapore and there would just be nowhere 
So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely helped with the action this weekend. It's nice to see a different podium up there and hear a different national anthem. I, I didn't realise it's been well over a year since we heard the Italian national anthem on the podium. So that was that made for a nice change. Um, but we're going to move on to one of those Italian uh, drivers, one of the Italian team's drivers next, Owen, is, is Charles Leclerc. He finished fourth, which... Before the weekend, you'd have thought that's a decent result, but started P2, started or started uh, P3, sorry, uh, up to P2 with the soft tyres. But then after the pit stop, came out obviously a few places down, but finished 21 seconds off his teammate on the same tyre life and a massive gap to the cars in front of him. So he just, for me, he just seemed a bit off today. What's your, what's your thoughts? Well, yeah, he got held up out of the pit stop, which really didn't help. And it obviously it puts him uh, slightly behind. Um <clears throat> By comparison, um, you know, he lost a place there, and I think I think it was just difficult to get at people from there. Um, I don't know whether it just did, sort of didn't gel with the tyres by that point. Um, going onto the hards, maybe he just felt it. it sorry, he just he didn't gel with it as well as he could um, as as science did. Um, that and you know he was in the dirty air, so uh, being a bit further behind, obviously by a certain point that that you know that gap started to open up, and there. And therefore, he was back in sort of cleaner air again. But I think the damage had been done by that point, um, you know, on the on the on the heavier fuel load. Um, he just, Leclerc seems a bit. I think I I don't want to sort of armchair psychology him a bit here, but he seems a bit sort of off. Like science looks in the ascendancy by comparison, um, whereas Leclerc just doesn't seem to have as much of that raw speed um, kind of there. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it just doesn't look entirely comfortable. Even with this resurgence in form, maybe the, sort of that can that can come back. Maybe it can be cultivated now that he's now that the Ferrari. You know, they're not firefighting other problems, but yeah, he just didn't seem to have it on the day. Um, it's yeah, it's he. He just seems a little off. Um, and and I and I kind of don't know why. It's it's, it's a bit. It's a bit baffling. Um, it's like you say, it's a decent performance, and it's honestly so much better than where they were at the start of the year. Um, but it, yeah, it's just, it's just. I, I think the thing that I can say is, it's the, the fact that we're looking at it going, oh, that's a bit lower than they could have been. It is a massive step for them. Um, I think that's that's so much better, and it's and it's a sign of good things to come. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic at the moment in in that Ferrari team with those with those teammates. But we're going to talk about science a little bit later on as he did slightly better than Leclerc. Uh, I'm going to come to Aaron next, and we're going to talk about McLaren. But I know you've got something you want to say about Ferrari as well. But uh, but um, McLaren PS37 for Norris a really strong second second place. Obviously with the upgrades on there as well. But really just a very strong performance from both drivers today as well. And Lando could have even won as well. Yeah, McLaren certainly had a chance of winning this race. And uh, just on the Leclerc and Science dynamic that Owen was just mentioning, um, I can't remember who was saying it, but I think it was in practice. I think it might have been Karen Chandok saying uh, that Science has been driving the, the setup uh, in a slightly different direction on the Ferrari, which has made it a little bit more suited to the way he drives, potentially. And they're able to get a little bit more out of it. I can't remember quite what he said, but there is a dynamic with the setup that is slightly helping signs and that's being borne out at the moment with the uh the results uh leclerc struggling since the uh the summer break but to their old foes mclaren and you know this this is another win i think that's got away from lando norris he could really have put signs under pressure whether it would have worked out or not is a a different story but 
with all those upgrades, it shows just how competitive that car is going to be at certain race circuits as we go on through the season. Mexico could be an opportunity for them, although there is a big straight there, and McLaren does seem to have a problem in terms of drag. Um, parts of Suzuka next week could be very beneficial to them. Lando drove a splendid race once again. And for Oscar Piastri to come through from, where was he, 17th on the grid or something and finish 7th, navigating what is what has been a, a generally slightly chaotic race and a race that can quickly come undone, as Logan Sargent found, another first-timer ending up in the wall. But McLaren are looking much stronger. This is the McLaren of old that people are used to, that is challenging for podiums more often than not. And, you know, I don't think McLaren should be happy with podiums. I think they should be looking for that race win, especially with Lando. Although the way Lando's luck would have it, Oscar Piastri will nab it first um, in a crazy wild race. It would probably be in a race where there's late rain, to be honest, uh, just to rub salt in the wounds for Lando a little bit more. But a superb drive. And that McLaren, with those upgrades, as I said, could be really special at other other tracks this season. So keep your eye on where McLaren fields are at. And Lando Norris is in brilliant form. So, uh, you know, it might, might be a bit of a bold prediction, but McLaren really could win a race before the season's out, especially if Red Bull dropped the ball somewhere else. Yeah, well, I did predict that Lando Norris would win this race. It was my, uh, was my free, free weekend uh, prediction. It was more out of hope than expectation, though, in all fairness. So, uh, but we'll move on, Tom, then to um, to your favourite driver, Lewis Hamilton, uh, came uh, <laughs> very much came alive in free air and really was the second best Mercedes all weekend. But he seemed to have the pace on George in that final stint just before um, just just before the uh, the crash, obviously, but um, was never going to get past him. And a month of Sunday is not with both of them on the same tyre. But uh, what's your thoughts on uh, on on his race and as well that that first corner, that first lap corner cut as well, which uh, he had to obviously set him back a little bit. Yeah. So just coming off the first lap corner cut, um, it it was a corner cut. Uh, I think Lando was clutching at straws a bit when when he said something. Let's give that back to me. Uh, no, Lando had already made the move on. Uh, uh, sorry, Hamilton already made the move on Lando by that point. He did break very late into in, in, into turn one, and then as you know, he, he did cut the circuit to go past Russell. Even if he did go around the bollard, he still left the track and gained an advantage. Um, ultimately, he gave it back. I think he could have perhaps given it back a bit sooner, but but you know, from Mercedes' standpoint, they don't want to then leave themselves vulnerable. To cars behind, especially on the first lap, because you know, it's, you know, everybody's everybody's super close on the first lap. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. As as for, as for the rest of his race, he, he was sort of sitting pretty. Um, he was just just keeping tabs to Merck. Is it's a better race car than, than it is qualifying car, um, and we saw that in abundance today um, until his teammate hit the wall, and um, uh, and and yeah, you know, Hamilton, he just. He just kept it going. I think had that been Mercedes pre-2022, so had that been Bottas in that second Merck, who would have been up there? I mean, I don't think it would have been anyway, um, but he would have probably been told to get out of the way. Um, Hamilton, he was he was closing in on Russell, and the pressure that Hamilton was putting on Russell, I think, ultimately forced Russell into that mistake on the last or last but one lap. Um you know, we heard Hampton on the radio saying, you know, oh, oh, Russell's going too slowly, you know, or, oh, you know, oh, Russell needs to speed up, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, Russell is also racing his own race. So, you know, you can't you you, you can't you know, sort of like turn around and say you're only team me get out the way, you know, because I'm I'm quick. Russell was you know gunning gunning for the win. He was definitely in contention for the win. I was fearing at one point that he was gonna uh, that he was gonna win and I was getting ready to put a sickie for this show because I couldn't bear the thought of being on the on it with, with three Mercedes fans, but there we are. Um no, that, 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 I'm joking about that last bit, but yeah, he, you know, it's um, you know, uh, Hamilton, you know, he really sort of squeezed the pressure on, and I think if if he if he and Russell would have, uh, it's it's a hard one because Mercedes at the minute don't really have a def- sort of like definitive first and second driver, um, and and it's, it's like you know, it, you know, you wouldn't know who they'd be backing, so I did wonder if we were going to start to see sort of like flashbacks of Rosberg and Hamilton coming in um, and some of the moves Hamilton was putting, you know, some of the late breaking, you know, he had a good, good scrap Perez after the safety car restart. I think Aaron in Slack, you, you said you thought it was going to be a Hamilton 2010 type move at one point, um, you know, which was, a, you know, it did, did make me chuckle a little bit, but, um, but yeah, you know, he was, uh, Hamilton was definitely looking after his best interests in, in that race, which, you know, he's a racing driver. He's going to do, you know, he's got, this rock is hundred and ninety something podium, hundred ninety six podiums now. I think he said. I can't remember, um, but you know that's that's an incredible achievement in itself. And you know he's just a uh, he's he's still going fairly strong. So um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a, it's a good day, it's a good day at the office for him. First time he's been on the podium since Silverstone. Um, deserved it, and yeah, just a uh, you know well done. On to the next one. Yeah, no, it's solid, solid performance again. There, I mean, Mercedes were probably, probably not quite as fast as they thought they would be. I don't think they're expecting Ferrari to be as quick as they were, but uh, but Ferrari were the quickest team seemingly. And uh, I mean, Carlos Sainz, top of the tree, his greatest race in F1, in my opinion, without a shadow of a doubt. He controlled the race from the start, a light to flag win, but a few more laps, he could have ended up in in P four in in some scenarios. Yeah, it was. It was. The, they were the quickest car on the day, but also the slowest. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. It's like it, it was. It was mostly. It was. It was. It, it was sort of a masterclass in how to win a Grand Prix. Um, you know, it's it's a high deg circuit, and you've just got to look after your tires. You know, you, you're likely to go up to the time limit, and you, you know, you, there's nothing saying that you have to go um, as quickly as possible all the time. I mean, I know we want to see that, but. Um, unfortunately that's not how the game is played and it worked beautifully for him um you know it, it prevented anyone from having an opportunity to undercut him um you know it kept him safe from the uh, safe at the restart um after the safety car in the pit uh, and and the pits and then you know and then he had uh, and then he had um the the mercedes coming at honestly a rate of knots i think uh, i think obviously the 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 mercedes sort of once uh, you know they squabbled a little bit between themselves, and but he he used uh, Norris, uh, yeah, he used Norris um, beautifully, honestly, like uh, to 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 have the presence of mind, um, you know, when it's it, it's easy to have brain fade in those conditions, you know, it's hot, it's sweaty, you've been driving the car for an hour and a half, and you're thinking, oh no, there's now two very very quick Mercedes, um, you know, queuing up behind me. Um, and it's and it's only a matter of time before they get past the guy behind me and and they're on me ne- uh, on me next. Uh, and he and he just had the presence of mind to just be like, okay, slowed up, made sure that he he gave the DRS to Norris, made sure that he, Norris wasn't as as an easy of a target. Um, you know, even when he had sort of tires that were going off, so he claims. Um, 
and he and he just and he just managed to to meter out those, those final few laps. Um, as you say, it, a few more laps, Mercedes is going to get past. Uh, you know the the the, the the degradation of their hard of, of the hard tires. You know there was a twenty five lap difference in the tires. At some point, it was it was kind of inevitable that the Mercedes would get past um, Norris, and then you know I think it was a bit of a sitting duck. But for for the, for the amount of laps that he had, it was like seeing out the it was like seeing out the time limit on a on a, on a game of football. It was just it was just making sure you make the plays and you know kick it to the co- kick it up into the corner, you know pass it around a little bit, just. Do what you need to do to 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 take the win, and and you've got to be able to learn how to win that way. And that's you know it's exactly what he did. He didn't blast off like Max and ruin his tires, which is you know part of the reason that Max struggled. He just he just drove the race that he what that he wanted to. Didn't get frightened. Didn't get you know kept safe in the knowledge that you know it's it's going to be hard for them to pass, and and I'm the one in control here. And he used it beautifully to get his uh, to get his uh, win. Yeah, an incredibly intelligent performance. And I'm of the opinion that um, it's, it doesn't really matter how long that race was going to go on for. He was going to win it. I think he managed his tyres. He managed the situation. He backed Lando into them so that he had DRS to defend from them. And I think it was uh, incredibly measured performance. I think nobody was going to win that race but Carlos Sainz. So moving on to a very predictable, uh, for me anyway, drive of the day conversation. Uh, the grid talk drive of the day was Carlos Sainz. Could come to you, Aaron, first. Who are you going to give? Give your drive today too. Uh, I did actually vote Carlos Sainz in our Slack chat, but I'm actually going to give it to Liam Lawson for those first points. And there's probably no tougher place for a rookie driver to go to try and score your first points. And usually a rookie driver has had, let's say, 15, 16 races before they go to Singapore. So they're very well up to speed in terms of their race fitness. And he even said to Martin Brundle on the grid, he'd have liked to have had a few more race distances under his belt. But to navigate his way through the the jeopardy of that race, because it was at literally every corner, and just keep, keep it on the island and don't, don't go in the wall and ended up in the points. So you can't say fairer than that. Andy qualified in the top 10 yesterday. So, I mean, Tom said it earlier, he, he should be in the seat for next year. So, uh, yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. He would have definitely got an honourable mention from me as well. Tom, your driver today? Uh, I'm going to go with Carlos Sainz, but again, honourable mentions for Liam Dawson and Piastri to get because Piastri got, got way back into the points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And Owen, anything different? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Piastri. Um, he started 17th. He had a terrible day in qualifying. Really easy to get frustrated and you know throw it away and have a and have a terrible weekend and you know all he's done is keep his head down and um, keep his head down, keep it out the wall, pick up the positions where you can. And he's finished seventh, which is a great result for for considering where he started. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, there's some good, some fine vintage performances out there today. So uh, let's look forward to next week and hope we have more of the same. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of those listeners who are not subscribed to the channel, why not give us a like and subscribe now to ensure you never miss a show again. And don't forget to click the bell to know when we go live. It'd be great if you could share us with anyone else who fancies uh, following, following Grid Talk so that we can continue to grow and and share with you guys uh don't forget to follow us on at grid talk on the socials and uh, just going to aaron anything you want to plug uh my channel ahgp where i'm taking mercedes back to the top uh in f1 manager uh you can follow me on 
X, Twitter, whatever it wants to be called now, uh, at Aaron Harper 41 or uh, at AH Grand Prix, I think. AH Grand Prix. The, the links will probably be in the description. You know what to do. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, and Tom, do you want to give a little plug to Formula Talk? Yeah, go on then. Um, yeah, uh, go go give Formula Talk a listen as well. Sophia, uh, you know, co panelist of, um, of uh, what shows this? Grid Talk, I had to think then. Uh, gives, um, uh, you know, oh my God, you can tell I'm not. I didn't go to bed, man. Um, yeah, no, go, go give a good, let's try the game. Go give Formula Talk. So Sophia is the brains and the beauty behind, um, uh, behind Formula Talk, which leaves me, um, you know, so I sort of just like sit there and just there for the vibes. Uh, we're a little bit more, um, we're a little bit more as sporadic with shows. We cover mainly F2, F3, F1 Academy. Um, but we do also look at uh, perhaps IndyCar, maybe some fracker bits as well. So, yeah, everywhere you can find Grid Talk, uh, you can find Formula Talk. And Owen, anything a bit more coherent you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, uh, I would uh, basically, I don't, you know, if you want to be in the sort of notified whenever we go live and, and things like that uh, and see what we're up to, um, make sure you follow us uh, on, on the socials with the, anything with us, sorry, any social that's gotten at, uh, at Grid Talk UK. Fantastic. And uh, on those socials, all our sh- all our shows do go out live and the uh, uh, all of our race shows go out live, that is, and the, the previews generally are pre-recorded. And the audio version does go out slightly later, but uh, but still very, very fast indeed. And that is on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Casts. And we do also run a Patreon if you fancy uh, throwing some cash our way to help us continue doing what we're doing. Everything does go back into the show. And uh, we will be back next week then to uh, to review the Japanese Grand Prix. And we'll also be here uh, uh, sort of midweek time to preview the Japanese Grand Prix as well. So uh, um, be free. Uh, YouTube listeners, please join us in our post show. We're going to answer your questions there and we will see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>